Big decisions looming in the coming weeks and months for those teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs in the divisional round. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, will they return? So much hinging on those questions for the Packers and Bucks, respectively. And some assistant coach movement around the NFL as we await some head coach hiring. Coming up on this episode of Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We are taking a look at those ousted teams from the divisional round of the playoffs. Now, four more teams started their offseason earlier than they wanted to, than their fan bases wanted to. What? Are the what is the to-do list for teams like the Green Bay Packers, the Tennessee Titans, the one seeds in the NFC and AFC respectively, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Buffalo Bills, which is the bigger, the biggest heartbreaker of them all. Some you know future Hall of Fame quarterbacks that are aging that have to make some career decisions as well. So let's get into those conversations about those teams on today's program. Some coach movement, some assistant coach movement right now. A lot of um, interviews happening around the league, but no head coach or GM hires uh, as of yet, except for one in New York. So let's start with uh, let's start with the New York Giants really quick here. And Joe Shane and Shane is how you pronounce it for the new GM there for the 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 New York Giants they're going from they're taking the Buffalo approach they're they're going with the Buffalo assistant Matt and I got to imagine that makes Brian Dable maybe the, the odds on favorite especially now that he is no longer in the playoffs and can do the in person interviews do you feel like it's a it's a you know a Buffalo Bills South in in New York now with the Giants Joe Shane and Brian Dable potentially being the tandem there to run the Giants into their new era. Hey, I think that's a distinct possibility, and uh, I know nothing about Shane, but a couple notes here is, you know, we're going to talk about these eliminated teams. Well, the Bills are now at that stage where people come and steal your good assets. You know, like, this is yep. a quality organization. People want to be like the Bills, so they come and steal your assistants and your assistant GMs and top scouts and things like that, and it's a hard thing to deal with. I mean, when you're on top for a couple of years, uh, you got to get used to that, you know, people pillaging your assets. And I know nothing about Shane, but I was very impressed with how the Bills built this thing. Um, you know, going back, what, three or four years now, it's been a process, a mm-hmm. slow building process. Really smart, though. I mean, the way that they acquired talent and where they used their assets and the dig trade and things like that. And I thought the exact same thing. As soon as they hired someone from the Bills, I'm thinking, is Dayball next? I mean, he could you know, do a probably do a good job fixing that offense. And I, I would lean towards an offensive guy for the Giants, even if you don't stick with Jones, whoever, whoever the quarterback is. But I would start with the offensive side of the ball. And we'll get into that Bills conversation a little bit later. Uh, Brian Dable seems like he's going to get hired somewhere as a head coach, mm-hmm. very likely. And yeah, he's instrumental. Like the, 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 the development that's happened with Josh Allen since he showed up in Buffalo, especially the accuracy and the quarterback he's become. Uh, that that's a that could potentially be a big loss and something to monitor there. And we'll talk a little bit more about those uh, Buffalo Bills, whose offseason started early this week, uh, a little bit later in the podcast. A little bit more coaching news here that we have to catch up on over the weekend. Oh, one day ball oh, thing. I'm sure. sorry to interrupt, but I I was on ESPN Radio in Chicago last night, and they were really hinting that they thought Dayball was going to the Bears. So 
I've been talking about yeah. Dayball to the Bears forever. Like, yeah. that's the perfect fit. And, and if you're the Bears, that's what you want. Someone has already whispered to a quarterback that is so talented and can maximize the talent of someone like Justin Fields. He should absolutely be number one on their list. Yeah, so my my hunch is he may have several choices to pick from. I was surprised by two things that happened this week. One is that Ravens defensive coordinator Don Martindale was let go, sort of felt very scapegoatish there in Baltimore. Uh, I thought he did a pretty darn good job for, for the circumstances for the Ravens this year. And then the Panthers ended up hiring Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator there after they fired Joe Brady midseason and the offense got worse. I think Joe Brady's stock sort of went from, okay, he's going to get head coach interviews to, oh no, this guy got fired midseason to, oh yeah, after he got fired, their offense got worse, so maybe he wasn't the problem after all. Uh, now Ben McAdoo is the guy there for the Carolina Panthers. What are your thoughts on those two assistants? I was shocked about Martindale, and I heard after the fact he only has one more year left on his deal, so maybe they're just going to pull the Band-Aid off now if that was something they were planning on doing, or is there you know, a, a hot young guy that they want to promote, you know, that they're just looking for the big, big, you know, big picture here. Cause pretty consistently under him, the Ravens have had a, clearly an upper tier oh, yeah. defense. I mean, if not one of the better ones in the league, but you know, I'm a yards per play dork and they were last in the league in yards per play allowed this year, but I don't blame the coordinator. I mean, they, they were, no team was hit harder than in, by injuries. And that whole defense is built around man coverage corners and blitzing, and th they didn't have the corners. Before we get to McAdoo, I, I have one major thought, or actually two major thoughts on Don Martindale. One, it seems like he's not going to be out of work for long, and, you know, hot offensive coordinators, young minds, offensive play callers are all the rage around the NFL, you know, as, as they should be. And, and when sure. those guys get hired, they need a head coach of the defense. So, you know, defensive coordinators like Vic Fangio and Don Martindale, they're going to have jobs. They're going to be well-paid and uh, they're not going to be out of uh, a job for long. So I don't feel too bad for him. The other thing with Don Martindale that drives me crazy is we got to come up with a better nickname than Wink Martindale. It's That's bad, already it? it's already somebody's nickname. You can't nickname somebody somebody else's nickname. Come on, people, have some originality. It's Don Martindale. Come up with his own nickname. Wink Martindale is taken. That's it. Yeah, it bothers me too. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, it's all anyone knows him as, and I'm sure that's what everyone calls him. But it's buddies with him. But yeah, you got to be more creative than that. You can't just steal somebody else's. Um, as for McAdoo. Uh, I consider Ben a friend. You know, he was the offensive GA at Pitt for a year while I was there. So all SG, the three GAs shared this little office, and I saw a lot of them. And I will say anyone I've worked with in any walk of life, nobody worked harder than McAdoo. I mean, he had a little apartment that was less than a mile from the facility with his girlfriend and still slept under his desk, you know, like she must have hated him, you know, like he never came home. <laughs> you know, it was always there working. Even when the, the place was totally empty, he's doing cut ups and film stuff and um, all those good things. That being said, I never envisioned Ben as a head guy, but I think he'll be a really good coordinator for Carolina. Yeah, and and, I, and he's had success as a coordinator. He is a veteran, professional offensive coordinator, and and maybe that's just yeah. what the offensive, uh, the, the the offense needs there 
with the Carolina Panthers and just some stability, a guy who's been there, done it before, worked for a lot of different head coaches, is a professional, will work hard, and you know you have at least a, a pretty good offensive coordinator there and, and sort of some stability. And it sounds like they maybe had some uh, a tough time trying to find an offensive coordinator, and and uh, I can see why. If you, you fire a guy midseason and, and it didn't get any better. So really... As far as rule goes and as far as Mackey goes, you still got to find your quarterback. That's still as important yeah. or more important than any of the, the coordinator hirings there. And I think that's something they know now. And that is number one for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, 100 percent. And he's just more of a more of an X's and O's guy than he is a leader of men type. You know, more, more of an X's and O's guy than a mm-hmm. CEO type, you know. So, um, yeah, I, 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 he's got his work cut out for him, though. I mean, not only we'll get into team needs as uh, the offseason goes along, but. O-line and quarterback, and neither one is an easy fix. Last story really quick before we get to the Green Bay Packers. I think we'll start there because that's a long conversation with Aaron Rodgers and so much up in the air, kind of a similar conversation with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But how does this happen again, Matt, for the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, Just before the weekend, Nevada State Police troopers cited Las Vegas Raiders DB Nate Hobbs for driving 110 miles per hour on the 215 Beltway less than two weeks after he was charged with DUI. How does this keep wow. happening for the Raiders? Is this just what is this just going to be a Las Vegas thing now? Because I can't imagine I can't imagine the memos that went out the the fiery conversations that Rich Bisaccia had after John Gruden had them uh, that that assistant coaches had, that PR people had, that ex-GM Mike Mayock had with Raiders players about doing this kind of dumb crap, and it happened again. We saw it end up deadly earlier on in the season. What is going on? You said it was Nate Hobbs, right, the rookie corner? Uh, It was Nate Hobbs, yes. First off, he's been a great find for them. I mean, he's a foundational young player in the mid-rounds that they really need but man, you're right. I mean, I don't know much to add to it other than that, except for you brought this up a couple months ago and I hadn't thought of it until you did was, is it just because there's a franchise in Sin City? You know, like, is it, is temptation going to be too much for 53 plus young men with money and, you know, the time on their hands yeah. and, you know, just <laughs> a lot of bad stuff in that town you can get into. I mean, we've never seen this before, but are we going to look back on it 10 years and be like, well, maybe I won't draft the quarterback for the Raiders because he's got a better ch- in fantasy because he might get suspended easier. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like maybe they're just going to be the most suspended team in the league. I hadn't thought of it, but no matter who the head coach is, there's a lot of temptation floating around there. Yep, it's uh, it's something they're going to have to address because clearly, clearly, there you know it's it's just it's just an extra layer of difficulty in Las Vegas. To, right, right. To deal with something like that when when the city is is open and for business all night long for young rich men, you know that's like it's it's a recipe. There, there's it's pretty clear to, to see why that has happened and might continue to happen. So there, just a little bit of extra work cut out for the Las Vegas Raiders going forward. It, I mean, last note on that, and this could happen in any city, of course. But if you just think about it, like. If you were 23 and all your friends that aren't from the city you now call home, anytime they're going to visit your city, they're going to call you and be like, hey, I'm in town and we're going to party it out. You know, I mean, nobody goes to Vegas for the shows if you're 23. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and, <laughs> unless you're 60 years old, right? 
Right. You know, I mean, they're not there to go see Celine Dion. <laughs> uh, I didn't read the whole article, so I don't know if he was leaving the Celine Dion show, but uh, Maybe. I'm guessing not. Rowdy crowd. I mean, when I was 23, I was in the big city of San Francisco. My friends always came to visit, but you don't drive in San Francisco. So we spent mm. what little money we had there on taxi cabs to get around, and we stayed up all hours of the night. But um, yeah, so I can only imagine if there was money involved and uh, a city that was open all the time and you had to drive everywhere. Yeah, and you don't have work the next day. They're eliminated. Yep. You know, like, what's, why am I saying no? You know, but just be smarter about it. Yeah, it's the, the it's going gonna, gonna gonna to have to be a, an initiative that they pound into every single rookie, every single free agent signee, every single veteran player that's been there and already knows it in their heads. Uh, an extra, just an extra level of difficulty for the Raiders franchise. And it's, it's just the way it's going to be. And I assume it still exists. And this happened, you know, this was even before Uber and lift and things like that but every team had a car service you could call at any time of the night and they would come get you that's yeah that's it and i, I think know. part of it it's the same when you're young and you're a teenager and your parents are all why didn't you just call me i would come i would get out of bed and come get you and like yeah in theory that sounds great but i'm not going to wake you up and say hey i'm wasted can you come pick me up the kids aren't going <laughs> right, to do that right, right. and i think uh players are the same way they don't want coaches to catch wind of anything they're doing probably true yeah. probably true okay packers titans buccaneers Bills, to-do lists for the 2022 offseason for those teams sent home this week. Fewer and fewer NFL lines as there's only two games now on the docket this weekend. Championship weekend. Who do you like? 49ers or Rams? Bengals or Chiefs? You can find those lines at betonline.ag. But the props are still unlimited. Tons of fun to be had throughout the playoffs, and of course, during the Super Bowl, that even grows even more. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering for the 2022 year. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON to get started. Not just football, you've got basketball, college and pro, hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, poker. Blackjack, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We got to start with the quarterbacks. We got to start with Aaron Rodgers here in the Green Bay Packers. Um, our colleague Peter Bukowski, the host of Locked On Packers, some very pointed words and, and really put a lot of the blame on that loss on Aaron Rodgers. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Did Aaron Rodgers not look very frail this season? Just looked older in the face, scraggly hair, looked skinnier, yeah. didn't do oh, a yeah. lot of working out. If he does decide to play either this year for the, the Packers or if it's a different organization, I feel like he's got to take the, his body a little bit more serious and, and hit the weight room a little bit um, because it's just that much more difficult when you're older to, to you know, to, to keep your body right and to play deep into a season. And I'm not saying that's why the, the Packers went home and he was, yeah, he had an MVP season, but it's just sure. kind of, you know, just a little aside, something that I noticed is like, hey, he was looking a little bit thin and frail and, and old this year. And maybe just all the off season stuff weighed on him as well. And, and, you know, he famously took time away and, and admittedly wasn't, you know, around the facility, probably wasn't spending a lot of time in gyms and around weights. He was, you know, off near waterfalls and hiking. And uh, I think maybe some, uh, mind-altering substances, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but that that was what his off-season was. And now he's going to take some time away. He's going to have a meeting with Brian Gutenkust. And 
And and that's that's number one, right? And I guess it's either door A or door B. It's Aaron Rodgers, let's do it again, retool, go win this thing next year, or blow it up. Is there any in-between? Is there any other door for the Packers, depending on what Aaron Rodgers decides, whether he wants to play somewhere else and they trade him or he retires? You're right. I mean, the hair was a little thinner. The face was a little skinnier. I mean, it looked like he aged five years instead of one this this, this mm-hmm. offseason. And, and I didn't think his body language in that game was particularly great either. I mean, I'm probably looking too much into it. And if he pulls out a win, we're not even having this conversation. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he deserves blame. He's the, the driving force. He's the locomotive and he didn't get it done. And his team didn't score enough points to, to win that game. Um, wasn't his fault. Kicks got blocked and whatnot, but you know, such is life. Um, I also wonder is I'm sure he loves green Bay and all those things, but I really thought this was true late in Brady's time in, in new England was the older and frailer you look, the cold has to weigh on you more. I mean, even if you're used to it, I mean, just, it, it just looks like they're more uncomfortable. These old quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. when it's freezing out, you know. Oh, and in the night game, how did they put uh, in the right. in the wild card round? They put the Buffalo game in prime time, and then in the divisional round, they put the Green Bay game in prime time just to add to it. Instead of twenty one degrees, it had to be seven degrees. Yeah, and you know Brady goes to Tampa and gets younger. You know, I mean, I think there's something to that. A little bit of sunshine mm-hmm. and staying out of the cold and all that. Um, I don't know what Brady's or Rogers is going to do. I mean, I think that division is unbelievably winnable no matter what if he comes back. I mean, I think it's about the easiest division you're going to see, although all these teams will change a little. I, I have a hard time believing that he's going to have a better situation to win football games no matter where he goes than Green Bay. But let's just talk about this for a minute, though. I mean, let's assume he comes back. They have a lot of work to do this off season. It's not going to be the same. I mean, only the saints, by the way, the saints are 74 million under the, over the cap right now, (laughs) 74 million. Uh, And the Packers are 40 million over the cap. Their second worst cap situation. And some key guys they picked up like Devondre Campbell, um, the corner, Rasul Douglas, those guys are up. They don't have a lot of other free agents besides Devontae Adams. And I, I would imagine if you bring Rodgers back, at a minimum, you franchise Adams. But to do those things, they're going to have to cut Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, um, uh, expensive guys. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to run it back and look exactly the same. They have some good young talent. They've drafted well lately. But, you know, Rashawn Gary could fill one of those spots. But they are in cap hell right now. Uh, what was the number? Fifty million or something like that. They're forty million at the at the moment okay. here. Let me pull that up again. Yeah, they're forty million, which is second worst. Saints are seventy. That's tough, and that's one of the big things Rogers talked about. He's not going to go through a rebuild if he gets traded to say Denver. It's it's very. It's not like it's a better situation than the Packers, but it could be a lot like you know the Packers west basically you know mm-hmm. and and so it would just be more of a change of scenery than anything probably for Aaron Rodgers if he did go somewhere else and obviously uh you know the there's probably a lot of teams the Colts and you know the Steelers and uh depends on salary cap and depends on what the Packers can get in trade but I don't know that there's a better situation unless 
that salary cap situation really hits the Packers hard and they do have to make some hard decisions and and maybe they are a worse team and and Rodgers you know rightfully doesn't want to go through a rebuild at this stage in his career I almost get the feeling that it's almost as likely as he retires though than goes and plays for somebody else too I I get that vibe from him and I have no inside sources on that at all despite uh going to junior college with Aaron Rodgers we don't have any uh we don't have any mutual (laughs) friends there but this matter yeah yeah he didn't consult me but yeah it's interesting um how bad are the Packers without him? You, you got to move on from Devontae. I heard one Packers writer throw this out there. He thought a few weeks ago that Rodgers for sure coming back. He said after the game, hearing Rodgers, looking at this cap situation, he thinks Rodgers is going to end up with Devontae Adams, tag and trade situation. Both of them traded to a team like the Broncos for, you know, Fant and Jerry Judy and three first round picks and just this mm. massive haul. He thinks that um that maybe Rodgers and Devontae might be a package deal going somewhere else, which would be just an insane blockbuster. I guess that would make some sense and he would have some power in that situation and plenty of teams would like to add Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I would imagine. You know, I mean I guess I'd have to start thinking about where those fits would be. You know, I mean would he want to go to Washington or Carolina or Houston? I mean, teams that haven't done well lately. Probably not, you know. Devontae Adams being a free agent really adds to the intrigue here because it's uh, it's sort of a ticking clock because you're not going to re- – Adams is definitely not going to re-sign with the Packers at this point, right? Because I would he knows, imagine he gets franchised or he's gone. Right, because he knows Rogers is going to be gone anyway. So you're not mm-hmm. going to, you know, you're not going to uh, sign for five years with the Packers right now. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, and he probably won't be thrilled about getting franchised unless he gets franchised <laughs> and traded with Rogers right. and signs a long term deal with a new place, or but, franchised and traded somewhere else, or you know, maybe the the Packers can't even afford to franchise him. Period. So maybe he just right. ends up walking and they get a comp pick back. So there, there's a there's a ton of ways this can all go, uh, but it's either they got to cut plenty of guys to even get him franchised. Yes, yeah, and and a long term deal would make that a lot easier. So how do you? sign Adams to a long-term deal. You almost can't right now, whether Rodgers yeah. stays or not. But Rodgers staying will probably help that. Yeah. yeah. So a lot to decide, uh, and really it all just boils down to the quarterback. And and if Rodgers comes back, do you trade love to get one more asset or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just something, whatever, because, you know, a third-round pick, whatever you can get, maybe yeah. a team liked him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, what a wasted pick that was. Yeah, I mean, unless he ends up being the starter next year and turns into a good player, but you know. And this 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 pertains to your Pittsburgh Steelers as well. I saw something recently since 1990. I believe Marcus Mosher, our colleague from Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty, uh, yeah, yeah. put this out there. Since 1990, first round quarterbacks that were drafted that were drafted outside of the top 12 picks. Mm-hmm. Only three of them have made the Pro Bowl. One of them, Rodgers. One of them was, you know, sort of a you know, uh, an iffy Pro Bowl in Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, and wow. the other was... Lamar. Uh, Lamar Jackson, yep. Okay. Since yeah. 1990, three quarterbacks have made the Pro Bowl. Like, late round one, traditionally, is not the place to be drafting your future franchise quarterback. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of those those conversations for you covering the Steelers, you know, this spring. Oh, without question. Without question. And we've got three more teams to get here. Oh, we got, yeah, we got to move on here. We've got another aging quarterback talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans next. 
an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use our promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or even more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. I mean, the, the, the cash back gets added right to your account. It's great. Uh, you can cash out anytime to your back to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Uh, just download the free Get Upside app and use our promo code Touchdown to get twenty-five cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code Touchdown. Thanks so much. You know what, Matt? Time restraints. Uh, let's just finish the NFC here. Let's talk Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their 2022 offseason. Let's push the Bills and Titans to tomorrow with our Twitter questions, by the way, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, uh, so we can you know give all these teams their due time as we look ahead to the 2022 offseason. Tom Brady, start talking about his family, uh, how his wife doesn't like seeing him get hit. Uh, is that just, you know, what you say after you get beat up for a long season when you're 44 years old? Does Tom Brady come back at 45 and do it all again? That's that's question number one for those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they don't have a young coach. Does Bruce Arians stick around through it all? Does that mean, you know, Leftwich's future is in Tampa rather than Jacksonville or something? So, there, I mean, there's, there's a ton of things and a ton of dominoes that can fall with both of these teams when it pertains to Aaron Rodgers' decision and Tom Brady's decision. And the earlier they make it, the better for their franchise. Without question, you know, get to Brady here in a second, but you touched on it. I mean, they have two coordinators that are interviewing as we speak all over the league. Uh, they have a, be nice about it, an, an aging head coach that has had some medical stuff. I mean, maybe Leftwich or Bowles would stand, would, would hang there as the heir apparent in Tampa. You know, if Arians isn't going to go much longer, I don't know the answer to that. Um, and you nailed it with Brady. I mean, <sighs> A couple things on Brady. First of all, he's playing extremely well. I mean, there's no doubting that whatsoever. And he does not look like he needs to hang it up. It's not a Roethlisberger situation by any means. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. But I do believe that he needs his guys. You know, that he want the guys he's comfortable with, the guys that stay after practice and he knows where they're going to be on the field. And uh, that's very important for his style of quarterback at his age. And the Bucs are going to look a lot different. And I'll get to some of those names here in a minute. Um, I wonder, you know, I just mentioned Roethlisberger, Breeze, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. I mean, is Brady that much different than those guys that his last year isn't going to be as ugly as theirs? I mean, I know he's defied all odds, but a big Patriot thing is – I'm going to get away from a player a year too early rather than a year too late. And I'm sure Brady understands that way of thinking and his competitiveness, I bet would make him crazy if his final year in the league looked like Eli's or Ben's or Breeze or Peyton Manning's, even though Manning won the Super Bowl, he was terrible that year, you know, and it's going to happen. I mean, if you stay, I know he's different than everybody else, but it, it, when whenever he's done, he's going to look really bad. And we're all going to feel bad when 
defensive tackles drive their helmet into his rib cage, you know, at his age. I mean, because it's going to be ugly. I know that he's different than everybody else, but that's coming. It's going to come eventually. It's it's taken a lot longer for Tom Brady. Does he right. want to have that season and even put that on tape? Or do you want to remember the Brady that, you know, was the comeback kid and nearly brought his team back one last time? I'm sure he wanted to end it with the Super Bowl win. But sure. yeah, I think this is the first time. He's like, had plenty of those, though. Right? Yeah, he's got enough. On the, <laughs> you know, he can go look at the shelf and be like, that. well, we didn't get this one, but how about all these others? And yeah. It feels a lot more real for Brady to actually retire right now than it ever has. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, and the, his, his the... receivers. And we saw that. That was the reason they lost. A big reason they lost. Obviously, um, you know, an offensive tackle missing was, was probably number one. But after that, where were the weapons? And Antonio Brown was sort of laughing at the team because they could have used Antonio Brown. And uh, there was a meme out there with Antonio Brown walking off the field, you know, with a sign with his shirt off, you know, and he was like, you know, kind of ha-haing the Buccaneers for losing without him. And they could have really used that weapon. Um, Godwin with the, the late season injury. Is it just Mike Evans and that's it? Because that's not enough. And Tom Brady probably won't want to return to that either. Right, right. And so... The Bucks have about 19 million in cap space, and that's the lower half of the league. It's you know not great, it's not terrible, but they got a lot of guys coming up though. I mean, you mentioned Godwin, AB's already gone, Gronk is up. I mean, OJ Howard's not a great player, but I'm just looking at their skill guys. Fournette is up. I mean, that's a lot of skill position talent that they they probably can't afford to bring back. I'd be shocked if Godwin comes back. I could see Gronk doing one more year if Tom does one more year. But what does that look like? Does oh, that Gronk's look like an aging? Gronk looks older than Tom Brady. All they of a were, sudden, yeah. They were trying to throw him tight end screens in that game. Like, what are you doing? He can barely move. Get him down the seam and throw jump balls. That's about it. Yeah, go be big with those right. big, strong go hands. Go be big. Yep. Uh, and then, I mean, they got guys... Jensen's probably going to be the most sought after center on the market. Kappa is a good young guard. That's a free agent. I mean, that's a key part of the offensive line. The two of them. Can you bring both those back? Probably not. I think Carlton Davis, the corner is going to make a lot of money. He's only 26 years old. So they're going to have a different look about him. Oh, by the way, Jason Pierre-Paul and Namakong Sue are both up as well. And they drafted Pierre-Paul's replacement, but that's a lot of the old dudes to deal with. And I brought this up a lot this year, late in the season, that it was wonderful one year ago after they won the Super Bowl that they brought back every starter. That's unheard of for a Super Bowl team. But really, that just made your average age go up by one whole year, which is a ton in the NFL. <laughs> you know, I mean, they got older really fast. Yeah, their team went, their team got 53 years older. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you brought in a rookie class, but you played all the same people, and everyone that played snaps was a year older than they were the year before. And if you're trying to replace the skill guys, the receivers especially, with rookies, that's so difficult because it takes those players a while to develop. So mm-hmm. you have to spend money there. And if your offensive line is worse, yeah, a lot of questions there. And it's going to be more difficult for you know a one-year older Brady next year than it was this year, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, and... Is Kyle Trask the answer? You know, I mean, if he doesn't come back, it's a totally different conversation altogether. Is well, now we got to go find a quarterback, and or are we going to try to blow this thing up? Or are we going to hand it to Trask? I mean, you don't hand it to Gabbert. I know that much. You know, 
It's amazing because not only just the, I mean, these were teams in the divisional playoffs. This is Rodgers yeah. and Tom Brady. They're there every year. It's such an impact on the entire league, uh, let alone their franchises. If those players are gone, those teams are not going to be there, period. Yeah. The Buccane- I mean, maybe the Buccaneers can go find, a, you know, make a big trade or find another free agent quarterback and be pretty good. You know, the Packers, I guess, could do the same thing. But very likely, those teams are not going to be in the playoffs again for a little while and they've got to uh, you know uh take their medicine and be bad for a, a while and 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 those teams and those quarterbacks won't be in the postseason every single year anymore i mean it, it's, it's a real changing of the guard in the nfl especially if both rogers and tom brady do decide to leave this year yeah absolutely and mentioned it with the nfc north but boy the nfc south would all of a sudden look pretty barren as well if brady's not there and it's you know some replacement level quarterback in tampa like Who's a good team in that group, especially with the Saints cap situation that we just oh, talked about? And and Sean Payton, yeah, he could not be on guaranteed to come back to the right. Saints either. That'd be the worst division of football. That'd be pretty bad. Yeah, you're 100 right. So um, interesting. I mean, really interesting to me. And you know, a team like the Bucks, they went all in. They went, you know, we're going to get Brady and we're going to go get him anything he wants to win a Super Bowl. And the fact that they won a Super Bowl makes it all worth it. But more than some teams, more than Packers, Steelers, I, I think they're going to have to pay the fiddler for their approach. Last one, and and on that note, did they do a deal with the devil in a lot of those ways, especially when it comes to Antonio Brown? That was a, sure. a roster spot that if all offseason long they knew they needed to um, you know, add a different player, a younger player, add a, a little bit of juice to their offense. They could have done that, and then when it came down to it in the playoffs and they needed a player to make plays, they had nothing to show for it. Um, is it their own fault in a way for doing a deal with the devil in, in that sort of regard? And, you know, and we, we mentioned just bringing back all the all the aging players because it, I don't know if you you don't necessarily make yourself better by not getting younger and faster every single year. You almost have to take that opportunity to do that. Uh, and and I, we've just seen time and time again running it back is not a good plan whether you won or lost it's the Super not, Bowl. Yeah. League changes too fast, not for long. You know, windows close quickly. Mm-hmm. But they won a Super Bowl. I mean, to me, that's the goal of it all. And I think most fan bases would take five down years for a Super Bowl win. Or, you know what I mean? I I think that's the going all into win a Super Bowl, like the Rams approach. You know, we'll talk talk about them later in the week. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth it. I mean, if you you do, if you pull it off, I mean, winning the Super Bowl is the goal here. And they did it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, ask the the Bengals what it's been like for the last 31 years. Right, ask the, right. the Detroit Lions if they would give up five losing seasons, which they could find a lot of pretty easily. Say, oh, how about these five or these five, or do you want these five losing seasons yeah, for right. one Super Bowl? Browns, oh, everybody Jacksonville, would take that. You know. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. All right, Titans and Bills tomorrow. What is on the to-do list for those franchises to get back to the playoffs in 2022? Some some less obvious needs there for those two teams in the AFC, and we're going to start turning the page here to the championship weekend. We've got some pretty good ones, 49ers, Rams, Bengals, Chiefs, but tomorrow, your questions along with Titans and Bills offseason outlooks at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Matt on the Locked On Dynasty podcast daily here on the network. Matt is there two times. You're, you're on the show two times a week, right? Yeah, we record them earlier in the week to you know, pull back the curtain a little bit, but they come out Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday is when you can find yep. 
Williamson and McDowell doing that show. Well, what's on the docket for this week? What's the what's the big topic for the Dynasty world right now in January? Um, the big thing we're doing as a as a group, as the four of us, is every episode we are doing a segment on each team. We're starting with the team picking first in the draft. Um, you know, we like yesterday Wednesday's show will be Ryan and I breaking down the Browns and Ravens. Uh, we're just going through the draft order of who are assets to buy, what do you think of the team, kind of just a state of the team situation for Dynasty. You know, who, who you know, we, we talked about J.K. Dobbins, jump on him now while you still can. You know, maybe you want to get out on Nick Chubb, that type of thing. Awesome. Yeah, find fine. find Matt doing the dynasty thing. Uh, whether it's dynasty football, you can find me doing locked on 49ers here on the network. Uh, your second listen could be locked on bets, talking about the sports world, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling daily, and always free on all of your favorite podcast apps. Matt and I back tomorrow, right here, Peacock and Williamson.